Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Believe, the Phoenix Suns podcast, right here on KSRN. With your host, Earl Burnett, a.k.a. Casual Exactly. I'm starting to kind of figure you out a little bit, Flex. But you really believe in this son's team. You really see something that maybe some of us are not seeing, bro. And Felix Cruz, Flex Jersey. Just feels different. He's the hungriest dog in the race, and that's what I'm saying. That Pete, That's another dynamic I think people are underestimating, is that we're going to go in there with a, with a pack of hundred hungry dogs and the hungriest dog is leading our team. Time to talk sun. We want to go down there and destroy everyone in our way. Welcome back into the Believe the Phoenix Suns podcast. I'm your host, Earl Burnett, a.k.a. Casual E. And I will be running on a solo show tonight. Here I go again on my own. <laughs> okay. Here I go again on my own. Here I go again on my own. I don't do too many shows solo, but. Doing a solo show, following up for that Suns win on game two of the NBA Finals. The Suns take a 2-0 lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. And I guess the next question would be for Bucks fans or Bucks fans or, or for the series period is, has was that the Bucks' best shot that we took yesterday, especially in the beginning of the first quarter when they started out? on fire and coming off really strong on the defense and forcing the Suns and quick turnovers early. They set the tone for the paint and it looked like that they were going to be, you know, pretty hard to deal with. And then the Suns just kind of, you know, shook it off a little bit and got back to Suns basketball. They, they just adjust to whatever teams are doing with them and they adjusted. And start playing their game again. So I don't know. Was that the was that the Bucks' best shot? But uh, I like to think that when you get home and you go home for for games, when you're going home, your your role players um, tend to kind of get a little bit more relaxed and they shoot more, you know, efficiently. They concentrate a little bit more because they don't have that crowd, you know, heckling down on them. They don't have all the back and forth and all that stuff going on, and everything is in your favor. So possibly we haven't seen their best shot. So I I would think that their best shot is going to be in this next game because this is a must win for them. No pressure is on Phoenix right now at all. The Suns are sitting back in the driver's seat. Um, uh, they are they don't even have to adjust the seat or nothing. They're just they're kicking it there in the driver's seat, and the pressure of driving the ship is on the Bucks right now. The pressure of making getting back in this series and driving their way back in this series is on Milwaukee. Now, speaking of pressure on Milwaukee, the whole thing, 
I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo is doing almost damn near everything he can. And and I've said this before, that he's a superstar, and it is what it is, that he is a superstar, but no one superstar is going to beat this team. Uh, LeBron tried it. Jokic tried it. Paul George tried it. And now Giannis is trying to do it by himself. You're not going to beat this Suns team by yourself. It's not going to happen. So what can the Bucks do to get this thing and make it a series? And game three is going to be the defining moment. If this is going to be quick work, or is this going to actually be something that we could, you know, go down in history as one of the better finals played? Uh, I, I when I when I when I look at this whole thing, I just don't see. When you look at the two teams, I don't see that the Bucks challenge this Suns team to the point where they look threatened, or they look like, oh, their backs against the wall, or we're in for it, or a, a, a close, close, tight knit series. It looks more like it looks almost a little bit more like the Denver series where they had one superstar and the role players just can't figure it out on the on the Bucks yet, and so. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm seeing it differently and I see it, but this Suns team is just so, so much better than this Bucks team. They just look better, connected together better. Uh, they run their sets. They, they, they adjust in-game adjustments better. I mean, they they just, man, they, they're just doing everything right. And I'm trying to wonder, you know, at some point, where is – where is this team's adversity at? I mean, outside of what we've already seen with Chris Paul early on in the Lakers series with the shoulder injury was an injury and we're dealing without him, but he played, but it was almost like he wasn't there because he wasn't the same Chris. And then the Chris Paul with the COVID issue was out two games. Is that the worst of the, is that the adversity, the the most adversity this team's going to face? I mean, what what could what could possibly be next? Hopefully, that is not another injury, and that's knock on wood. Everybody has, loves to knock on wood. I don't know what the hell they're doing that for, but it doesn't really mean anything because what I say doesn't have anything to do with what's going to happen on that court. But anything can happen. We saw Tory Craig go down. Thank goodness the report is from a man Flex, who's by the way is here in Arizona, but doing a lot of rounds uh, in a short period of time. And he's going to have to be heading back to Jersey tonight. So I want to have him in tonight, but he's too, too caught up in the whole, you know, a lot of business deals going down, a lot of things that are being done that Flex is taking care of. So that's why I'm doing a solo show and uh, props to my man Flex for, for doing all that hard work for the show and, and for himself and everything that he's got going on. So, but anyway, um, yeah, but what was I saying? What was my, my thought process? For, where did I leave off? Uh, yeah, but the adversities that this team, I mean, facing, I've, I've always been that guy that thinking that you have to fail to get to the next level. There hasn't been much of a fail, uh, things failing for this team in these playoffs. They're 14 and four. 14 and four in these playoffs. And uh, I don't want to hear anything about who wasn't playing, who's not playing. These are the same players that this team played in the regular season when they had the star players on the courts and all of this. This Suns team has held down the number two seed pretty much all the way from the 
all-star break to the end of the into the playoffs and almost got the number one spot. So you can't say that this is luck. You can't say that this is just a team getting hot. This is a team that's been playing the same way since since eight and eight. All the way up until these playoffs. This is the same exact team that they the same way they've been playing. And they kind of a little, I hate to say this, and I know the Suns fans probably don't want to hear this, but they kind of remind me a little bit of those Spurs teams. And they look like a Spurs team. You look at that sequence before the habit that everybody's been talking about and getting hyped up about with the 11 passes that went through one, two, three, four, back and forth, all around, all around, and it ends up in an and one with eight and under the under the rim. That looked like Spurs basketball to me a little bit back in the day when when the Suns were trying to figure them out, and they just kept doing like a you know Harlem Goldtrotter type stuff on us and and working the ball around us. Next thing you know, somebody's getting a layup. That's that's how the Spurs played, and and Monty being a you know under Popovich. At some point when he when he was back in the days, him and both well, both these coaches are, are under Popovich, but you can see it on the court with this Suns team that it looks like and a, a little bit more athletic, a more athletic addition uh, of those Spurs teams. So I don't know. It's going to be. It seems like I I can't even see a scenario of this Bucks team winning four out of five games next. This this. This thing is pretty much over. This team adjusts to wherever they play and whoever they're playing and whatever style they're being played. And, and they just they just adjust and go to whoever's the hot guy. We saw 11 three-pointers go down in the first half, which is, by the way, I was <laughs> tweeting like crazy. If y'all go back to the to, to Twitter. And I was concerned about how many threes they were taking. And the Bucks kept getting to the paint, rushing to the paint, and then they got that nine point lead on us. I said, "Okay, we're 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 settling for these threes, and they're going in the paint. It's going to be a long night." And then Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, and Cam Johnson just, <laughs> and then uh, later on Booker, of course, in the three point area, and Chris Paul later on in, in the game. But those three guys in the beginning held it down in that first quarter and kept them in the game. And by the time the first quarter was over, you're looking at a three-point game. I'm like, wait a minute. The way they came out firing and uh, Giannis getting into the paint and they were aggressive. I mean, they had, their hands were really aggressive the whole night. Their defense, that defensive effort by the Bucks was was wasted by their offensive effort because that was a damn good defensive effort that they put in last night. And – their hands were active in the passing lanes. I've never seen Chris Paul throw the ball so many times and get tipped. I mean, he had six turnovers in that game, and that was just unlike him. I've seen Booker's ball get tipped when they're trying to get the ball to Aiden in the paint. And, you know, little things like that where the dribbles were a little off because when uh, Chris Paul's dribbling up the court, the ball's flying all over the place because Holiday's pressure is up on him. So that defensive effort that the Bucks put in if that had been a home game, would probably been a win for them because you can get demoralized with that crowd and all that pressure and blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, you're down 15 and, you know, then, you know, okay. But they wasted that defensive effort because the Suns were so good. And that's when everything continues, everybody continues to dismiss is that the Suns defense is just as good. Because when we got up into Middleton, we didn't allow him to just have an open three. We got up into 
uh, P.J. Tucker. He got one three off in the, in the corner, but he didn't get that many more off in the corner. We also had Booker and Paul and all these guys challenge a Holiday back, even though Holiday was putting pressure on him, but we we challenged back on the other end, on the defensive end, made him work. And he had to struggle from the line and struggle trying to get his shot off. So our defense is just as good, good if not better, team defensively. They have individual defensive players that are really good, but we have team defense. And I think the Suns are, are by far, far and above when it comes to team defense. But it was an interesting game. They ended up 20 for 40 from the three-point line. And you're not going to lose too many games making 23s. I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest. That's 60 points. You're not going to lose too many games. And prior to that game, too, I was asked when I had Jay on the show and we were talking about what can the Bucks do. We already said it, that the free throw disparity would be different. And it was very different. Uh, we didn't get a free throw until late, late second quarter, half mid quarter, when Aiden got the and uh, and one opportunity. But what could the Bucks do to win or to change anything that was going on? And I thought, I said, I don't think it's really much they can change. And we saw that. We saw that the other than get aggressive, and that's what they did. And I said, allow Giannis to work his butt off and get him 40 points. And I said that, and he got exactly 42 points, working his butt off, killing us in that paint. But he worked for it. Aiden made him work for all those points in the paint. Some of them looked a little more easier than others, but he still worked hard, and he was huffing and puffing at the same time. Uh, he, he he was burning himself out. And that leg, and that, that knee, you can tell, was getting weaker and weaker during the, as that game went on. He started to settle for a couple of jumpers here and there. After that 20-point third quarter, he started to settle for the jumper. But you can tell he was wearing down. And if he can score 42 points, this is what I meant by earlier where a superstar can't beat this team by himself. By 42 points, and we lock down everybody else, they can't beat us. And that's what took place in game two. Giannis came out aggressive, and he was he was, he was was the superstar that he is. But at the same time, if he doesn't have help around him, shooters, guys that are cutting to the basket, guys that are helping him on the rebounds inside and getting second-chance points, we shut all that down. Giannis is playing five-on-one basketball all third quarter, all that second half. So I think that's a recipe for disaster. That You could see him on the sideline in that fourth quarter really coming down hard on on, on Holiday, and, and he was really looking at Holiday, and he was really looking over at Middleton like, let's go. He was really getting demonstrative with those two guys to get them to go. But those two guys are more home, home uh, uh, comfortable scoring than they are on the road. And so I've seen that. I've seen that through these whole playoffs. Those two guys shrink when it's road play. And then when they get home, they're two different players. So two different players. So we'll, we'll see in game three. They're going to be hyped up. Middleton's going to probably go off in game three. And then you're going to have two guys you got to try to stop. But the Suns' defense is game at trying to stop anybody. We have the, the wing defenders. We have everybody that we need to challenge anybody that's trying to, you know, uh, put us in a situation where they can kind of overtake us. And uh, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to beat this team. 
fact, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how is the Bucks going to win a game? I guarantee you this much. No matter what changes they make, the Suns will be in that game and with a chance to win it coming down at the end. Or if not, a better chance if they're close because the Bucks don't close games all that great. They, they kind of tend to, you know, let teams hang around and get beat. So I think I think if the Suns hang around in this game three and it gets close, we got the edge because we got closers that know how to close these games. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in game three. But I love how eight played against Giannis. Even though he scored 42 points and everybody's going to look like Giannis just killed him. But no, he made him work. He put him on that foul line. And his fouls were, were good fouls on, 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 on Giannis. He didn't, you didn't see Aiden give up and one. You seen Aiden foul this guy, and his hands were down. So you want to see that more and more as as the uh, playoffs go on. Make him go to the line and earn it. And and Jeff Van Gundy was saying something good that I kept. He kept saying it's like, okay, why challenge it when you're putting on a guy on the line that can't shoot free throws? Let him shoot the free throws. And that was what Monty did all night. Let him shoot him. Don't we're not challenging anything. All those fouls that that could have not been fouls. He had his Aiden had his hand straight up. They were called fouls. So and we knew that was going to happen. Jay was here the other night talking about that that was going to be different. The refs are going to pay attention to give him more whistles, and that's what happened because he was more aggressive. But uh, he starts to adjust a little bit to that one, two, three counting at the line, and he starts to get a rhythm every once in a while. But Superstars know how to make shouldn't should know how to come down and make free throws. You, you can't see a superstar at a line at the line shooting air balls from the free throw line. That's that just seemed like it should not happen ever, ever. It's called a free throw for a reason. There's nobody pressuring you. It's just you against your own mind at the line at that time. But. I don't know, but shout out to uh, Aiden, uh, even though he didn't have a best game coming in there early. I thought that he was a little bit, a little bit rushed and a little bit overwhelmed by the defensive intensity that the Bucks came in and came in that game with game two. He wasn't ready or he was prepared for it, but he was not ready for it. So going forward as that game went on Monty of course everybody knows when Monty got into him on that on the sideline and picked him up he started to get back confident knowing that okay this is the same team I'm playing they're just playing a little more aggressive so I have to get more aggressive and I thought that was the difference in the end of that fourth quarter that Aiden played with the force that his coach is telling him to play with it's not always about scoring it's about you being a presence in the paint and making them work hard and making Giannis work for everything and getting those rebounds that they need. And he did that later. But I thought he came in that game a little bit passive and his hands were a little nervous. You can tell it was just that the moment was getting too big where young guys can fall into that trap real easily. But this team as a team has come up out of that inexperienced thing together. They have done things together to where they push each other and they get over those humps of the inexperience. Uh, one other thing I need to I wanted to touch on is when it comes to that inexperience thing that I've been hearing that I have said in the playoffs, before the playoffs, a lot of the national media and everybody's been talking about that, but 
could it be that we got that experience through the bubble last year? I mean, everything came from that bubble last year. I had some stuff written down on that. I mean, uh, they had their fail. Their fail was, hey, they just didn't have enough wins to make it to the playoffs. So they felt that disappointment of not getting to the playoffs or not going forward any longer in the playoffs or getting that chance to play more games after that eight-game winning streak. They, they felt disappointment. And that's what you have to feel and sometimes in the playoffs when you're growing and growing and growing is disappointment. They felt that in the bubble. That inexperience that we're talking about going into this playoffs, they had that in, in the bubble. They didn't have the experience. They, they, they gained experience from that bubble experience. So maybe that experience is what's carrying them now. Then you had two veterans that know how to do it already. And maybe that's how we have this son's young team that is not shaken at all when it comes to inexperience in the playoffs. So, and then another thing they grew in that bubble was chemistry. Chemistry just didn't always start this, this one season. It started back in that bubble with Booker leading the core. And then they added the other two guys, of course, that you know already know how to work together and just figure it out. By the time they got each other, they gelled with the other team. Then there's this big chemistry uh, engine that's hard to stop. And so maybe that, maybe that has a lot to do with where they are today. And I know it has something to do with it, but I didn't know it was going to be that prevalent. I mean, that, that strong to where they're this mentally strong going through these playoffs. It's, it's incredible how this team plays mentally. They're the most mentally tough team I've seen in a long, long time. They do remind me of those Spurs mentally tough teams. So I thought that was pretty interesting. The bubble, the bubble caused all these things. So, what are we looking forward to game three? We're going to look for a crowd going crazy. And the Suns have to be sound. And they have to hang around and be in the game. Now, Suns are the better team, regardless. I'm sorry, they just are. And we know that the Suns are the best road team this season above any team in the league, not let alone these playoffs. They play on the road comfortably, if not better than they play at home sometimes. And that reminds me of some of those Spurs teams that were on the road and knew how to win on the road. That that 2000, 2000 to 2003 Laker team that would go on the road and beat down teams on the road when they had a sound game and they needed to just come up with a win. This Suns team reminds me of that. They have that pedigree. They have that in their arsenal where they can be calm on the road. We got cutthroat guys on this team that love to shut crowds up. So if we get another performance from Mikael Bridges like he had last night, there is no way this Bucks team can hang with the Suns. No way. So some, some adversity or somebody has to be a little shaken by the experience of going into that that building with the crowd. Somebody's going to be a little bit not the same because of the energy that's going on from the other team. Our stars are going to be there. Chris and, and Book are going to be there. Uh, Aiden, we've we got to see how Aiden handles on the road with this team's defensive prow- prowess. I think Crowder will be there, men, you know, mentally strong to help you stay mentally tough. 
So these are the things they have. These are the things that they do that a lot of teams don't have. A lot of these teams are individuals. This Bucks team is an individual team. I don't see them as together as this Suns team is. A lot of individuals, guys that can do certain things and have to be certain, have certain things a certain way so that they can get off the game. But this team, they know how to win on the road. They know how to win on the road, and that's going to be play, pay big dividends for them in this game three. This is the biggest game of Milwaukee's uh, Milwaukee's uh, franchise. This is big, probably the biggest game of their lives because you lose this game, or even even if you win it coming down the stretch and it's a one possession game, and you just happen to get a play go your way, and boom now. You're not really taking over and winning the game and taking it from the Suns. You just have to kind of go down the stretch and get some calls here and there or something lucky has to happen to help you win. If the Suns are in this game, and I think they will be down the stretch as it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. One possession, one point, two point. Look, look for the Suns to close that game out because the Bucks have struggled in that. In that aspect, and who else do who else do they have that can that can get you a bucket other than Giannis? Now, if Giannis is killing us the way he killed us, getting in that paint, and we decide to let's go ahead and double this guy. Now, of course, you know when you do that, you're opening up the the, uh, the role players who are more comfortable at home to start hitting some shots, and you give them chances to get more confident. I would rather stay with where we are right now. Let Giannis do Giannis and keep those other guys struggling from the field. Because that's the recipe for disaster for them. For us, it'll keep us in that game on the road. It'll keep that crowd quiet. And and that's just how it goes when, you, when, you, when you're a good road team. You know how to keep the crowd out of the game. That's going to be the key early on, of course, the way we weathered the storm with them coming out in this game at our place. We definitely have to be more mentally tough to weather the storm when they come out. They're going to come out with every dang thing, hitting us with everything they got. And we can withstand that and be in the game and still have a one-possession game like it did last in that first quarter last night. Then they're going to wear down. Because Giannis, another thing about Giannis, can he hold up? Can that knee hold up? And it looks like he's starting to wear that thing out because we've seen him bend over and hold on to it when he goes down he's grabbing it that thing is not right and he is really putting himself at really big risk out there on that leg i i, I cringe every time i see him cut and go do whatever he's doing i just like because i've had hyperstimic knees before they are they, they tend to be more weak and accessible to bending again because it's not fully healed and so when he does all of what he's doing, I'm, I'm impressed by how he's playing. I'm like, hey, give this props. But how much longer can he do that? How much longer can he hold up with that knee as long as this series goes on? If you lose game three, you go ahead and tell Giannis to chill because now we got to see if that, that crew that won those two games in Atlanta could get hot and start shooting at home or whatever and get you a win. I mean, the good thing he's got going for him in between these games, these two two days in between these next two games, but how long can he hold up? Because he just looks like he has just put way too much, way too much uh, pressure in, you know, what the word I'm looking for? Uh, he's putting way too much on that knee. He's 
relying on it too much. It's to, to the point where he's putting too much on it as far as as just just more wear and tear of something that's already injured. So I just really hope he doesn't make it worse. I really don't. Because you can tell the kid is just playing his heart out. He wants it bad. But some of his teammates may not want it as bad. You know, it, it doesn't look that they don't have the, 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 the heart or whatever you want to call it to, to step up as hard as he's stepping up. Middleton comes and goes. Everybody knows this. This is no even the, 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 the diehard Bucks fan will tell you Middleton comes and goes. His game comes and goes. I would not be surprised he has one of those Middleton type 35 point games in game three. I would not be surprised because he comes and goes, especially on the road or not or at home. The difference between on the road and at home, he's a totally different guy. We also can't dismiss that Mikael Bridges is playing tremendous good, tremendous, some tremendous defense on him since the series started. That's not going to stop. Mikael's going to keep coming. And he's going to be all over the place. Them long arms are going to be all over the place. So let's see if Middleton can be effective, even though Mikael is on him as hard as he's on him. Another guy for the Suns that has just been just sound as nails is Cam Johnson. Calm, collective, cool. Don't let anything get him up too high, too low. He just he just balls out defensively and makes shots. So the ingredients that James Jones has put together with this team is just incredible. And now you got to start thinking about how do we keep them all together for three, four years so they can keep defending this title for next year and, and, and in the further years going on. Can they always be relevant and also have a chance to form some type of dynasty? talked about that on the last show you never know anything's possible so that's a quick preview of the game three and uh i see the suns being able to come out of this thing three three at least either three oh or three one by the time we finished in milwaukee coming back home to hopefully win it here in game five that's kind of how i see it it could be ended down there in Milwaukee in Game Four if they get if we get Game Three. All bets are off that Game Four is going to be any different. So yeah, I believe that this team is is you know head and shoulders above this Milwaukee team. That nobody you know I mean I didn't know they were this good, but they are this good. Uh, it's not too many weaknesses in this Suns team. Uh, the only weaknesses they have is in their own heads. If they just decide to not show up in their own heads, but everything that Monty and that organization has put down and coaching staff has put down in front of them, they have done and it has worked. So I do not see that. Do not see that changing. Another thing that's going to get stronger and stronger that does not help the Bucks cause is the closer and the closer that Chris Paul gets to get in this ring, the more doggish he's going to get. And you can tell the next game, they get this third game. There's no way they're going to win that fourth game. That dude is taking it. He is he is like taking candy from a baby right now. He's a bully right now, punking some little kid at school for their lunch money. He sees it. He wants it. He's going to go take it. And that's how I see him right now. I, I, for them to slow him down would be knock on wood again, of course, injury-wise for him to be hurt and he can't play. He's playing through so many injuries right now. The wrist, uh, I'm pretty sure the shoulders are probably still a little sore. He got a, he had an ankle 
tweaked the other night against, you know, uh, when the first game one. So, I mean, so he's definitely playing through some stuff, but that dude wants it bad. And then after each game, he's just getting more hungry. And you can see he's locked in. So that's not good news for the Bucks. Same thing with Devin Booker. No different. You can you can tell the, the the scowl on his face, the locked in demeanor. Man, I'm telling you, that's not easy. That that that's that's that reminds me a little bit of Michael Jordan stuff. When you knew he had that look, you were not going to beat him, and the, you were not winning that game. And both those two guys have that look in their eye that we two games away, we getting closer to what we trying to get. You can't stop us. So, so. Going to be looking forward to game three, man. This is going to be interesting. It's a five o'clock start a little earlier. It's going to be on Sunday. And then game four would be two day, two days later or three days later on a Wednesday. So could the series be over next Wednesday? Could be, possibly. But we'll see. Did I miss anything? I'm not the type of dude that's going to just go over all the numbers or who scored what. I mean, I, everybody knows who scored what. Everybody knows how it went down. But uh, I think that is it. Um, we're going to be having um, shows after every game the following day. I'm going to try to get my man Greg Moore from the Arizona Republic going to probably join me on the next game, after the next game, I should say. And after that, Flex should be back. And we're going to talk about his trip he had out here in game two. So he had a pretty, very, in, a very interesting trip that I'm pretty sure he's wanting to let everybody know. If you haven't already followed him on Twitter, uh, go ahead and reach out and, and follow us and subscribe to our YouTube page right there at Casual Sports Radio. That's a K-A-Z-U-A-L. And a Z's at the end of the word sports. Go ahead and uh, go to our YouTube page with that same tag and subscribe because this thing is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, we love to have you aboard uh, following us and, and getting your takes and all those things. So with that being said, I'm going to get out of here. This is the Believe the Suns podcast. I'm Earl Burnett, a.k.a. Casual E, and I will check you guys out the next show. Peace out. Bridges picks the pocket with a thunderous left hand. Booker races to the rack, scoops and goes. From Conway, Booker drills it. Oh, they'll be there. Chris Paul is not right. CP3, stop it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.